Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Welcome to The House. We have been in a sermon series talking about on target. And and so really, we want to try to help the church be on target. I, I, I think with all that's happening and everything that we see and you know every week you feel like there's a new YouTube on someone who's not doing Christianity right and I, I thought it was important for us to like okay how do we um, how do we thrive in our Christian life and what do we need to do and so we talked about being on target and so in the middle of this series we thought what are our practical ways that we can illustrate this thought and we we have a verse that we've been unpacking and for a lot of times uh you know if we're not careful church will be just like a a netflix tv show every time you come in you're you're, there's a new part of the scene but sometimes we need to marinate on come on anybody like anybody do steak anybody like a little marin you know like marinate that bad boy hit that bad boy and so anyway um what we wanted to do is we wanted to teach you one scripture verse to really emphasize God's nature, to help you with what God does when we fully submit and begin to obey Him, what He will do, because there are benefits in the Christian life. It's Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5, and it, it says this, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his, come on, say it, benefits. Okay, look at this. And and then he goes and lists all the benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Come on, pitiful, bad, deep, dark moments. Like God's got a plan for that, okay? He's better than all state. You know, like God's got a plan for that, okay? He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Maybe because of a toxic environment or a past, like the crown that you wear is shame. Maybe the crown that you wear is perfectionism. Maybe the crown that you've been wearing is, um, you know, uh, achievement-based living. And and I'm not saying that, that working hard is not good. But I am saying that God crowns you with love and mercy. And can you imagine what your life would be like if you didn't have to wake up every day deciding who was going to love me? If if I'm really loved, can you imagine what your day would wake up every day knowing that mercy has been crowned on your head? And so before you wake up, no matter if you do great or you do terrible, like it's resting on you. Like mercy's on you. Come on. It changes the way you live life. Okay? And then lastly it says, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. Satisfies. And in a world that 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 um, can't get no satisfaction, <laughs> like in a world where nobody's satisfied, I just need you to know that maybe what you're missing is actually a relationship with God in your life. And so this verse communicates to me that we can overcome everything. Like 
with God, come on, listen, all things are possible, and it doesn't really matter what current state we're in, God has a plan if we will listen and obey Him, that He can get us out, come on, of dark moments. And so, as we talk about this, uh, we began to brainstorm what would be the best way to communicate this, and we thought we would have communicators. So last week, we had three communicators on Sunday morning, then we had three different communicators uh, Sunday night, and we're doing the same thing. So if you love testimony, come on, how many of y'all love just a good old-fashioned testimony? All right. Well, that's what we're going to do. Thank you, the 17 of you that like that. Um, uh, um, here's the thing is uh, we're actually going to do three different stories tonight. So if you're like, I love this so much, I want to come back, we would encourage you to come back because I, the Bible tells us there's actually 72 scripture verses in the Bible that talk about and encourage faithful people to tell their story and to share their story because culture's probably not going to read the Bible, but they will read your life. They will look at you and go, how did you make it through and how did you respond? And here is what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says. It says, but in your hearts, honor. Check this out. In your hearts, don't dishonor, honor Christ as Lord, the Christ, the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. So here's the idea. As a believer, there should be this constant hope that is in you that even though I'm not where I want to be, there's hope. Even though I'm facing what I don't like, there's hope. There's always this hope. And when people identify someone who goes through a tragedy or a hardship and you have hope, they want to know the reason why that hope exists. And we should be ready to tell them. And I love how it says this. It says, do it with gentleness and respect. That means we don't pull out our long finger and go, hey, how'd you make it? It's because I'm a Christian and you're not. Probably going to burn. It actually says, hey, listen, do it with gentleness. Listen, listen, you know, like, like, let me tell you how hard this season's been. And without the Lord, I don't know if I could have made it through. And let me do it with respect and dignity. Come on, listen. And so with that, we have three communicators that are going to speak. They're all going to go 11 minutes, okay? And I know some of you, as soon as I said 11 minutes, you like hit your watch or you pulled out your phone. But they are going to do 11 minutes. It's going to be fast. Come on, it's going to be furious. It's going to be good. But it's going to be deep, and it's going to be authentic and real. But we need you to help. So, y'all the second service, so that means you got to sleep in a little bit longer, okay? And so, let's just, let's just go ahead and give pre-applause to all of our communicators. Come on, give it up to them. And you, you may be going, you may be going. Wow, you're gonna. This church is gonna let uh, just three people get up and speak. Well, they, they are all leaders in different areas, and uh, they have been mentored and trained and coached. And so they are. They carry the DNA of the house. And um, and just imagine what it would be like for them to come up here and communicate. 
you know, in front of people. And I don't, you may be here going, let me have a chance. I'll fix this whole church. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, but that's probably why you're not speaking. Uh, 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 and so anyway, um, but, but I will say this, that uh, we love the hearts of the people who are communicating. And it's not a show like we've seen them walk through this. And so there is some authenticity, thank you, I had to slow down, um, uh, behind what they're saying. And so I'm asking you to lean in, because I really believe that God's going to teach you something today. So with no further ado, y'all please give it up to Wes Olsen. Come on, let's go. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, I hope y'all are ready, because we are ready to go. I want to first start out with giving honor to Pastor Stephen and Pastor Katie. Just thank you for the examples that y'all show us day in and day out and how to do it. And I just thank y'all. Like Pastor said, my name is Wes Olson. And me and my lovely wife have been coming to the church here for almost four years. We have a 13-month-old son named Jackson. And he's about this close to walking. And it's starting to get really hard, but it's okay. We're going to get through it. Um, we serve in the best area that you can serve in. We serve in Next Gen. All my Next Gen people, give me some word. And why it's the best, because all y'all think y'all's areas are the best, and you should. But why it's the best is because we are changing the lives of young people. And I just want y'all to know, it's not just nursery rhymes and snack time back there. We are changing the world through these young people. And it's something that we take serious. And I want to thank you for that honor and the trust to instill the right things in them. To prepare them not just till they're 11, but when they're 20, when they're 30. That they don't go through the stuff they got to go through in high school. They don't go through what, what people say you have to go through in college. That they have a foundation of God and they're ready to go through it. With God, all things are possible. What a statement. And when Pastor gave us this statement, we are in a Zoom call, okay? That's all of us in there. And in this Zoom call, there's some heavy hitters, guys, okay? We're not talking about bench players, okay? These are heavy leaders. My own leader was in this Zoom call with me, okay? I was feeling a little nervous, all right? The pastor gives us the theme, and then he goes around to what you're thinking. If you have not had a what you're thinking talk from Pastor, it is coming. Be thinking of something because he's going to ask you what you're thinking. All right? Be prepared for it. And it gets to me, okay? Everyone's going. Everyone's saying things. And it's so spiritual. And it's so wise. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, Wes. I'm like, oh, here we go. What are you thinking? I said, God's got your back. All right. Little redneck, but I'm from Texas, so I can get away with it, okay? God's got your back, and he's got your back. If I get anything through y'all's heads today or any y'all feel anything, just know that God's got your back. He's with you. But I ask God, God, give me a cooler way to say it, please, than God's got your back. And he gave me the message, my title of my message is On Your Six. On Your Six comes from, I wore my fancy watch to show y'all, okay. You got a 12 on the clock. And you got a six behind it. It means someone's got it right behind you. 
whatever they're behind you. And that's what I'm trying to teach y'all to show y'all today is that God's got your back. He's on your six. It's a more commonly learned used term in military and law enforcement. But it originated in World War I when the fighter pilots would take off from the carriers. They only could do one at a time. So one would take off, and then another one would take off, and he would let him know when he caught up to him. He'd say, on your six. Your boy has not been in the military, but thank for all my men that's been and women in the military. Thank you for what you've done. I'm not a policeman. I actually have the exact opposite. Got a lot of tickets. Okay. Um, paid a lot of salaries. Okay. But I've got this from video games, okay? So I want to say something here. Wives, mothers, video games build relationships, okay? Let your sons and daughters play them, and most of all, let your husbands play the video game, all right? We're building relationships, and it's for the kingdom, all right? For the kingdom. He is doing kingdom work when he's on there. I got this from the game Rainbow Six Siege. Have you got any Siegers in here? Just Xander. Thank you, Xander. It's a game I played with my cousin a lot, and we built a relationship, and it's very strong. And I would say to him when we we're playing the game, I'm on your six when I caught up to him or we got to the same spot, meaning he knew I was with him. Okay? But I have three ways that God is on your six. The first way is that God's got your back, meaning that he's behind you, and anything the enemy is trying to attack you with from behind, he's got that. Also meaning that he's got your past. You have to give your past to God because he will heal it and he'll use it. You can't go forward if all you're doing is this. You're going to trip on things. I'm not going to hit this, Trent, but you're going to trip on things. It's not going to go the way that you need it to go because you're constantly looking behind you. Give that to God. Know that he has it. Know that he's behind you and he's got your back. The second way, God is with us. When me and my cousin would play this game, you have an objective, many, other, many objectives that you have to fulfill. And you would have sometimes have to go through a door or up a stairway or through a hallway, and I would let him know, hey, I'm on your six, meaning that I'm going through this objective with you. God is with us going through our day-to-day. -day. Everything we're going through, he's right there with us. It's not going to be too hard. It, it can't. When he's there, you could get through anything. No door is too heavy, no hallway is too long, and no stair staircase is too scary. He's there with you. The third way, God goes before us. Sometimes when someone yells at you on your six, meaning they're running past you, sometimes you got to let God go before you. And what he's doing that means you're giving him your future. If you give him your future, he's going to prepare you for what's next. He's going to prepare you for what is to come. You might have a feeling like, man, I need to go to thir uh, Tuesday night prayer. He's preparing you how to pray. He's preparing you for what you're going to go through. But also, he might be preparing you for you to be some, to help someone else go through something. He might, in doing that, you have to be prayed up. 
You might be, man, I just need to read my Bible lately. He's preparing you. His steps are not just for nothing. They have purpose. He's preparing us. This all, you know, I'm, I'm, I pray, you God, give me, you know, a test, you know, this is testimony. I need to have a testimony, right? First things first. Thank you. Romans 8.31. Thank you, baby. Romans 8.31. This is where it all comes up. You need to have a scripture, okay? Romans 8.31. What then are we to say about these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? If God's with us, if God's got our back, we can go through anything we got to go through. Testimony. Me and my wife, like I said, we've been here almost four years. And we moved from Houston, Texas. That's where I was from. I lived there for 16 years. And me and my wife had been married for about a year and a half, and we needed a change. Uh, we needed to find us. All my young married men in the house, listen to me. Devin, do not move your wife two blocks from your mom this way and two blocks from your sister the other way. It's not going to end good, Okay. For me, that means I had to move nine hours away, all right? Just don't do it so you don't have to do that, all right? Me and my wife needed to change. We needed to find us. We needed to be these Olsons, not my parents' Olsons, us. So my wife went to NWAC, and she didn't get to finish because I said, hey, let's get married, and then we moved, all right? So she wanted to finish college, and we tried to do that in Texas, but we couldn't get credits, blah, blah, blah. So I felt peace that this is where we needed to be. This is where we needed to go. So we start preparing. We just bought a house about a year and a half ago, and we needed to put it on the market. So we fixed it up a little bit, put it on the market. Um, about a month before we leave, um, the house ain't sold yet. Whew. So I'm like, okay, I might have to pay a double mortgage a lot of money. You know, I'm already having to pay rent. Now I'm going to have to pay a double mortgage. A little rough, okay? Um, at the time, I was a traveling electrician. So my thought was, that's fine. I'll just have home base somewhere else. I'll be able to go wherever they need me to go, but I'll just be in Rogers and not Houston. Three weeks before, I lost my job. Whew. Hit. I'm a planning guy. I'm the guy that people talk about that when you're on vacation has everything to a T. Uh, we're going to do this this hour, this, this, this hour, this, this, this hour. But let me tell you, when you have a plan and you lose your job three weeks before you're about to move nine hours, it's not lining up to your plan anymore. Your plan is out the water. Okay? I prayed. I felt like, God, this is what he wanted us to do. I felt like he had our backs. I felt that we still needed to make the move. So we made the move. Before we made the move, I had no job. I had barely any money. Um, I had no church. Went to the same church for 16 years. We did not know where we were going to go to church. And I had no family. And I'm a family guy. Um, my identity for a long time was built in my family. Um, so we make this move. I trust God. This is what we need to do for my family. This is what I need to do for my wife. I need to make this move. So we make the move. Within three days, I found a job and she found a job. Okay? Three days, 
Within three weeks, the house sells. I only had to pay one double mortgage. I had to borrow the money from my dad, but I got to pay it, okay? We find the church, the house, our church, a month later, and I'm not the man I am today without this place. I'm not the man, I'm not the husband, and I'm not the father without the people that surround me here. And I found families. Now, my family here is not blood, but it's as close as you could be to blood. The, the people I do life with challenge me, they help me, and they just do it. And they could do that for you. It might not be the same people, but we have those people here. They'll challenge you, they'll help you, they'll be there for you. So how do we apply this to our life? When we give God, give him our past, when we let him help us with our present, and we let him prepare us for our future, nothing, we cannot go through, we could go through anything. When we do that, all things are possible. And anything we walk through, he will be right there with us. Let me pray. Lord, we just praise your holy name. We just show honor to you and we just worship you, Father. We thank you that we never forget that you're right here with us. That you are here to protect us and to help us go through anything that we need to go through. And we just praise your holy name. Amen. Guys, come on. All right, I hope y'all are ready. I hope I got you fired up because the next communicator, come on, y'all ain't ready. Let me get, help me give a huge round of applause for Sydney Cheatwood. Hello, my name is Sydney Cheatwood and I am the next gen director and the life group director here at the house. Um, I have been a part of the house since 2015 um, was a part of the launch team, was able to meet my husband, Devin, here, and we have a three-and-a-half-year-old son, Malachi, who's actually right over there. And so we love doing ministry here, and we love doing it with the, these people, and it's nothing, like, we want to change it for the world. Um, I want to go ahead and get started. My title today is Finding Purpose in Pain, but I want to take you back to a high school story um, my dad's actually in the room, and it is about him. So <laughs> here's your warning. <laughs> um, so back in high school, we had this class called SCTLA. Basically, it was a baking and cooking class where you get to create all of the things and learn about all of the things. So we did this competition that was similar to Iron Chef where they give you random ingredients, and you have to make something out of the random ingredients. So I'm opening my basket, and I'm like, these ingredients do not help me at all. I'm seeing peanut butter and tuna fish. I'm like, what am I going to make with peanut butter and tuna fish? And then I had a light bulb moment, and I was like, you know what? My dad hates tuna fish, and today is going to be the day that that changes. He is going to like tuna fish after this moment. So I make a peanut butter tuna fish cupcake. Hindsight, I should have known that he wasn't going to like it if I didn't like it, and I love tuna. So he begins to eat. Well, I take the cupcake to him, and he starts to take a bite. And let's go a little backstory. My dad is the kindest man to ever walk the planet. He would never tell me if something wasn't good that I made. He would say, oh, it's so good, even if it was bad. So he begins to take the bite. And you know, like when you get a bad taste in your mouth, and he's like, what is this? 
And I was like, it's peanut butter and tuna fish. <laughs> and all of the joy in the room ceased to exist after that moment. Um, it was rough. <laughs> but what my dad was thinking was a cupcake actually ended up being completely not what he expected. And so today's story that I'm about to share with you about my life is something that wasn't expected. It was a time where I had, pl I had a plan, and it didn't measure up to what I had thought it was going to be. So let me take you back to 2017. It was a good year. 2017, I got engaged. I graduated college, <laughs> um, planning a wedding, got married. And, you know, like once you're like, okay, that's enough transitions, we get pregnant the first month into being married. Unexpected. Very unexpected. Um, so fast forward, 2020 comes around. Malachi is about to turn two. And at this time, we had been trying to grow our family. We were ready for more kids. This had been like a year and a half in, and we were ready for more. And it got to the point where we weren't getting any answers. There was nothing happening. And so we were like, we're going to figure this out. I'm going to go to the, all these doctors. We're going to find a plan, and we're going we're gonna to get pregnant. <laughs> so we go to this doctor's appointment, and the doctor's like, okay, come back next month, and we'll get a plan going. So I'm like, great. Well, the week before that doctor's appointment, I got pregnant. And y'all, we were so excited. We were pumped. We told our family, our friends. We were like, this is amazing. And I already know y'all are hearing my tears because it doesn't turn out exactly how we thought it was going to. But we get to that first baby's appointment and to confirm it. And the doctor comes in and they're like, hey, we're not really seeing what we need to see. Come back in a week. A week? What? You're going to make me wait seven days, and you, all you're going to say is, we're not seeing what we need to see. So those seven days were painful, excruciating painful, having to wait, not knowing what was going to happen, having hope and a little bit of doubt and trying to trust and having some faith, all of the emotions. And so that Tuesday night before the appointment, I was in a lot of pain. We were actually doing a cornhole tournament with our staff, and I am competitive. I love cornhole, and I love, actually, I don't love cornhole. I just like to win. So whatever I'm doing, I just want to win. That's what competitive is. <laughs> um, but that night was really different. I was not feeling it. I could have cared less about the cornhole. I loved the people I was with, but I was in a lot of pain, and I was like, I need to leave. Well, that night was a really, really painful night. That next morning, we go to our doctor's appointment, tears filling our eyes, not really knowing what's happening, but kind of already assuming what's happened. And we go in, and the doctor, all I remember her saying was, hey, we understand if you need to leave right now, um, and you can come back, but we do have to discuss next steps, because you've just miscarried. You've lost your child. <laughs> Whoa. That hit, that hit deep. In that moment, if I'm being honest, I was like, there's no purpose in this. How could this happen to me? I did not plan this, and I just felt robbed. <laughs> um, you see, the day that we lost our baby, we were actually supposed to leave on a two-week vacation for Iceland. And I'm like, Iceland? I've waited my whole life for this, like the top of the list to go to. And so we, that 
trip got canceled two months before. And when that trip got canceled, I was upset. I was mad. I was like, I want to get out of here. I want to go to this trip. And now I can't go. The day that we miscarried was the day that we were supposed to leave for Iceland. And can you imagine me having to process all of that in a hospital bed in Iceland? What timing and protection from the Lord that he protected us from for having to, not that he brought that pain. He didn't bring that pain. There's an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the God that we serve, he won and he protected us from that. My points today are, we're talking about finding purpose in the pain. The first point is, to the pain, you've got to bury it and then you mourn it. To bury, you've got to dig up what's already there. The past hurt, the shame, the frustration of the situation, the emotions. And then once you dig all of that up, that lets you bury it. It lets God touch it, put new soil to begin to heal you and to be able to give you purpose to it. The next is you mourn it. In those two weeks for me, I was reminded of David losing his son in 2 Samuel. That there was a time where he mourned the loss of his son, but then there was a time where he took off his mourning clothes and he said, okay, I got to get to work. Okay, I'm going to keep pushing forward. Okay, I'm going to grow and start believing for the next thing. You have to choose to mourn. You, you don't want to avoid it because avoiding it and delaying it will make you numb. And the enemy loves to offer numbness. He offers numbness through choosing alcohol and drugs to numb the pain, choosing social media or a person or busyness to numb the pain. And God wants, God doesn't want you to live numb. He wants to, you to live free and to live in healing. He wants to heal you. Second is to the purpose. You've got to find it and then you fuel it. Finding is something you have to work. You don't just find, we don't just find our car keys and we lose them. If Malachi does it, we really don't find them. <laughs> we have to flip the whole house upside down to find these keys. And so finding takes work and it takes action. With the Lord, when I am with him and I'm connecting with him, he's going to give me new things. But I've got to do the work. I've got to dig and dig. And he's going to show me what I need to do. Then you fuel your purpose. And fueling takes action. There was a time where David, he got up and he started fueling where he was headed and started believing for the next thing he was doing. So what are you fueling? Are you fueling negativity, doubt, disbelief, or are you fueling the fruits of the spirit? Are you fueling, I'm going to win in the waiting? Are you fueling, I'm going to sow where I want to go? And so I am personally fueling in this season. The Lord has been working in a way that I wasn't receptive until this happened. He didn't cause it, but he used it, and he made it for his good. So 57 days ago, we had a tabletop ladies' event, and if you're a woman in here, you need to go. But we received these cards, and long story short, these cards are where people heard the Lord to encourage other women, and the cards were given out randomly. And at first I was like, God, I do not want to share this card. This is my card for me. Like, I don't want to share it. This is mine. Well, then he had other plans. So I'm sharing it with you today because I do actually believe that somebody in this room, is, this is for you too. You have something good to say. I have protected you and healed you from many hardships. Now it's time to let people know what I can do. The people around you need to hear your story to find hope in this broken world. I want to use your story to do for others what I've done for you. There is purpose in the pain you face. With my guidance, 
with God. Begin to walk in boldness and tell the world about what I can do. I have given you what you need. I know I'm not the only one in this room who has faced this similar and maybe even exact situation. And maybe you don't have the experience, but you have something you've not let the Lord touch. And he wants to touch it today. I need someone in the room to know that the Lord did not cause the pain that that you're facing. He didn't cause it. But he can heal you, and he can work in you and, and, and show you his goodness in it. I want to close with this verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And you can put your name where I put my name. Therefore, Sydney, do not give up. Even though your outer person is being destroyed, your inner person is being renewed day by day. Y'all, he's renewing us. He's showing us the purpose in our pain. And so we do not give up. Jesus has overcome your situation. He has overcome the world. And you do not have to live just numb and in the pain. But you can walk in freedom and you can walk in your purpose. With God, finding purpose in the pain is possible. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for the word this morning. And God, for the courage to share our stories. God, we just thank you for every person in the room that you ministered to and touch their heart. God, we give you all the, all the praise and all of the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let me introduce to you our next communicator, Mitch Hollins. Come on, come on. Good morning, everybody. How are we feeling this morning? We feeling good? Awesome. Well, like Sydney said, my name is Mitch Holland, and I serve on staff here at the house as your connections director. I'm over all things Next Steps and First Experience. Um, I'm also uh, serving the capacity as the growth track coordinator over our content life groups. And then I also have a uh, role in our uh, Be The One Ministries as an administrator over our Activate Clubs and Creatives. And so really all of that is to say, man, I love the house. Like I love what we have here. I love that the house feels like home. I love that this is a place where people can come in and get their lives changed. And so for me, um, when I got this topic of with God, all things are possible. I thought back over the last six years that I've been a part of the church and thought, there's been a change. There has been difference. Uh, there's been a difference in me from year one of Mitch to year six. And so I think one of the things that really changed my life and really put me in a new perspective is found this thought found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Um, and it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Here's the kicker for me. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. For those that I mentor, and for those that I meet with regularly, um, I kind of have three choices that I always go over. These are, when I say choices, they're things that I have decided all the time. Like, no matter what happens, I have these things in my mind done. And they are, number one, that God loves me. God loves me. Very easy. Number two, that God has a plan. And number three, that God's plan for me is good. Like it is a good plan. And so I think for me, I had to first make the choice that with God, all things were possible. Like I had to decide that first and had to walk in that before my life started to change. And so um, I want to take you back to year one of our church. Um, They should have a picture back there. Oh, there he is. Oh, look at him. Dapper, (laughs) handsome, so full of life. 
full of dreams. This is Mitch Holland at 19 years old. This uh, whole season of my life was affectionately called Long-Haired Mitch. Um, I'll let you take a stab at why. Um, and there's a couple of things. So I also serve in the capacity as the young adults leader here at our church. And so if a young adult like this were to come into the group, a young lad um, to come in, there would be a couple of things to notice, a couple of choices. Um, some people may call them choices. Others may call them red flags. Um, all of them, I believe, require our attention. So um, I would like for you to take note of the hair. We're going to go ahead and get it out of the way. The hair was very long, and it was very greasy. Like, I could not figure out how to get it not greasy because I kept going to places, and they'd be like, no, you shampoo it. Well, they were like, don't shampoo every day. Well, you need to condition it. Well, don't condition every day. You have to alternate in between. And then they were like, here's some hair oil. And I was like, doesn't oil plus oil plus the oil already in my scalp make oil? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> so I had some really greasy hair. I also bought the shortest shorts that were available on the market at this time. And the funny thing is, is I spent a lot of money on those shorts, and I wore them in all weather. Um, and then number three, um, you might not be able to see it, so if you squint a little bit, there's just a bite taken out of my sweater. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that I was, maybe I was hungry. Maybe I thought that this was the thing. And really, I'm going to go ahead and let you in on me, is that I picked this out at Goodwill. I love Goodwill, if you did not know. Goodwill, Goodwill, Goodwill. It's all from Goodwill. Um, I picked this out of Goodwill, um, and I was like, ah, yes, this is the thing to wear. This is going to be, like, that new drip. Like, this is the trendy thing to wear. Um, and what's funny about this particular picture is that it was actually at our very first Easter outreach. Right, so let me paint the picture for you. I came with greasy, greasy hair. Short shorts or short short shorts. A sweater with a bite taken out of it. And the only thing that I'm saying the whole day is, welcome to the house. We are building a church down the road. Do you want to come? Happy Easter. And I was so excited. And here's the thing. I love poking fun at myself, and I love having this picture. Somebody actually already showed me that this is their home screen, so do take note of it. But um, one of my favorite things about this season of my life is that um, it really held a lot for me. So if you had asked Mitch in this photo, Mitch, what do you think that God wants to do in your life? I knew what I wanted to do in my life. But what God wanted to do in my life, and you would get a very, very swift and quick, I don't know. It looks like I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know. See, the thing is, is that I actually did know a couple of things. What I did know is that I had taken on some hurt from a ministry. Um, I had had this whole thing where I wanted to be a part of an organization. I wanted to do this stuff, and um, it just didn't work out for me. I wasn't picked. And I was like, okay, so I had this whole thought of God, like, I'm trying to do all this stuff for you, and so I want to make sure that I'm, you know, in the right positions and doing the right things, um, and the last time that I did something for the church, it hurt. Like, the last time that I did it, it took too much. The last time that I did it, it didn't work out for me, and so I decided church is not really for me. It'll be something that I go to. It'll be something that I do, but it's not going to be something that I really throw myself into. 
And so I had known the Lord. And I remember praying, like, God, I don't understand why I'm trying to do something for you, and either they are blocking it, or um, you don't want me to do this, or I didn't really understand. And the lie that the enemy quickly put into me was, God may love you, but he does not want you. And I did not feel wanted. So I went through college not really seeing God's purpose for my life, and truthfully, I wasn't looking for it. Um, I love the idea of having like the super high Holy Spirit moments of like, okay, I get to lead worship and I get to preach and I get to do all this stuff. Like I get to have high Holy Spirit moments, but then I would go back to Fayetteville or I would go back to where I was a student at Fayetteville. I would go back and I would just kind of live however I wanted and do whatever I wanted. And as long as I got to keep this side here and this side here, I'm good. And I was not good because what I was doing is I was capping my relationship with the Lord. Like, I was only capping him to where he could move here, but he could not move here. And I had to remember that I was choosing to be unknown. My heart was hurting. My anxiety was at an all-time high, because what if they find out about them and they find out about them? Um, And all the time, like, I couldn't actually connect with people. Like, I wasn't able to be known by anybody. And even if they did know me, it wasn't a real version of me. And so um, I think this question um, really brought me down uh, to another level with the Lord where he said, okay, what would happen if you were known? Like, what would really happen? Um, Because what I was doing is I had so much fear that if these people knew about this, then they would think the same thing that I thought God felt about me already, that they may love me, but they will not want me. And I lived in this. And so as I walked through college, um, I was long-haired Mitch. Um, I was meeting frequently with our former young adults leader, um, Adam Clausing. And if you do not know uh, Adam and Courtney Clausing, there are missionaries that uh, have been sent to Belize, and they're doing awesome. Um, But Adam and his wife had definitely become some spiritual mentors in my life, um, and they had wanted me to go to this conference. And they were like, we should go. Like, it's going to be great. We go every year. It's going to be super fun. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, okay, this is just going to be another conference. It's going to be another Holy Spirit moment. It'll be great, and I won't have to really think anything about it. And I remember one of the speakers at this conference, uh, he had a point, and I have it right here. And it says, we have to make the choice to trust God through our fear. And I had known that. Like, I had grown up a little bit in church, and so I knew that from my head. But I think God finally put it in me, and he was like, hey, like, the, I'm pinpointing the thing in your life that is fearful and that is being known. What are you going to do with that? Like, God put this choice in front of me, and I don't know if you know this, but you have the ability to choose. And so, with us, for me, I had to think, okay, I'm going to let myself be known in this moment. I'm going to give everybody um, what I need to know. I was going to be like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I'm going to tell everybody about everything that I've ever done, ever. No one clapped. Because it's not a fun thought. It's an uncomfortable thought. And so, I thought, okay, I'm not going to let everybody know, but I can let one person know. And so the person that I decided to let know was the person who invested into me, who gave me leadership, who stepped in where they did not have to step, and that was Adam. And so I remember I cornered Adam under a stairwell, and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know a couple of information. I did this, 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 I did this. When you thought I was here, I was actually doing this. When you thought I was doing this, I was actually doing this. When I went to bed, really I didn't go to bed. Um, And it was this whole thought, and he was like, ah, like, (laughs) And he took a second, and he settled, and he looked at me, and he was like, okay, 
God has a plan for you. He loves you. And that the plan that he has for you is good. And I never forgot those words. Like, I never forgot that that was the investment that he put into me. And it's now something that's foundational to me today. And so I tell all of you this today because I had to make a choice. Like, I had to step in from a moment. And I had to have a moment with the Lord where he actually put a choice in front of me. And I had to choose that his way was better. And I'm wondering today how many of us are waiting to make a choice. Like, how many of us are choosing to not have a moment? How many of us are choosing that his way may not be better? I'm here to tell you today, and I stand before you saying, if I had not had the moment there, I would not have the moment here. Like, I would not be with you today if I had not had a moment where the Lord was able to speak life over me, and he was able to tell me, you can be healed. And he was able to tell me, hey, you're not a problem to be fixed, but you are his son to be loved. And I had to know that. I had to take that. And so... All of this to say, um, it was really interesting to me because as I made this choice, God brought more revelation to me and brought more thought to me. Um, and he actually brought me to John 15, 16. This is Jesus speaking. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that fruit would remain so that whatever you ask in my father's name, he may give to you. Did you know that in the midst of me having to make a choice about choosing God, he had already chosen me? And he's already chosen you. If you don't get anything from today, you need to know that you are chosen by God. You are chosen to be here today. And so in the midst of everything, I had to come to this moment where I knew that I was chosen, but I had to make a choice. Did you also know that if I had not gone to a life group first and chosen to go into a life group, that I would not have a moment where I could be close to Adam? Like, a life group was the thing that changed my life. The relationships that were built in a life group changed my life. So you might be here today and be like, I don't know if I want to be known. I don't know if I want to do. Can I tell you that there is a great reward and there is a great um, just community and ability to be known here at the house in the life groups, in what we have to say, in what we do. Will you choose that you will trust the Lord today? Let me pray for you. Father God, we just thank you for this day. God, we just thank you for all the things that you have done. God, um, for all of the truth um, and the wisdom that has come forth from these communicators. God, we just thank you. Um, and God, we thank you for the uh, seed that has been sown. And God, above all else, would you um, teach us to know you and serve you more. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good job. Good job. Come on, one more time. Let's give all of our communicators a big hand. Great job. You know, just kind of putting everything together before you head out today is we started out today talking about how God's way is better. And you truly may, there may be some conflict in you like, you know, if it, it was better, this wouldn't have happened. Or if it was better, uh, I feel like I would be further along here. Or if it was better, I would have more opportunity. But you know what? Sometimes God uses the hard moments, the painful moments, uh, the moments of resistance to really make us come to the end of ourselves. And we're so good at self-prescribing what we think we need when a lot of times we look over here, but, but really what God wants to do is over here. 
And I, I, and I would just ask that you maybe shift your focus today. And you need to know that God has your sticks like you're not alone. You're not alone. And maybe like you feel totally abandoned. But you are not by yourself. And God wants to journey through life with you. Because it's not religion that he's after. It's after He's after relationship. And when that relationship is strong, then he's able to walk with you through painful moments. You know, we don't get to determine what pain we walk through. But it's in that moment of pain that you can rest on a, in a loving father and you can know like, look, Look, man, I'm so glad I cultivated this relationship years ago so that when this adversity hit me, I knew where to turn. And then lastly is none of that can happen without a choice. Like you're going to have to choose to trust the Lord. And listen, humanity inherently wants to give God our scorecard and say you should have done XYZ because I've done XYZ I have gone to church for years, I've served I've done, I've helped other people and when I needed help, you and we love to present our scorecard come on how many y'all even in your home when someone talks about the house being a mess, you instantly want to say, well, you did, and you want to point out what someone else did. We love to carry our scorecard, and God is saying, look, if you'll make the choice to trust me, I can't promise you a life that will not have painful moments. But I can promise you that I will not relieve you. I will never forsake you. And if you'll adjust, then I will take you somewhere that is greater than your pain in this moment. That's why we always say in church, like we're not looking for one service to do everything. We actually are challenging people. Give us a year. Give, sit under the word for a year. Allow God to move in your life for a year, and let's see what happens. And I promise you, if you do it, your marriage, your parenting, your life, in time, you'll be, you'll be someone who can be up here sharing your story. You feel what I'm saying? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.